Hello and welcome to the Holy Hour Podcast, the bi-weekly all-cure podcast. And boy, do we have a very special episode for you guys tonight. I'm joined by Chaz and our very special guest, Christian Jacobs. Hello, man. Welcome to Hi. the Holy hey guys. Hour. Thanks for having Thank you very me much for joining us. Holy Hour. Oh. I'm, exci- I'm excited. I'm excited to to you know hear everything and to you know meditate and yeah think, a... <laughs> think and feel that'll be the second hour it gets we'll, very we'll, emotional we'll do that the second hour so. well, cool. I, now gavin i know that we're number the you know one of the top 10 podcasts in possible countries i'm not sure mm-hmm. but this is the first guest we've had that has his own wikipedia page yeah i think so this so, is a big deal so thank wait, you we were impressed yeah. you didn't tell me that but uh yeah thanks you so much for um anybody out there says this guy looks super familiar who is this guy i wasn't even sure if i should full-on introduce you as mc bat commander of the aquabats um that is true yes yeah that's my alter ego don't tell anyone okay yeah yeah, we'll keep it good luckily our six listeners are pretty uh (laughs) but um yeah i figured we could spend the whole damn episode really just going through your awesome resume and all the projects you've been involved in and uh well you know the the aquabats never really like broke out of the box and became an international phenomenon and we you know by design we've been keeping it underground so this is exactly where we with you guys (laughs) and your six listeners and like we're just keeping it real keeping it real underground you know (laughs) nice we don't want all those mainstream weirdos liking us we just want the (laughs) the real weirdos just gets complicated quick yeah yeah we don't want all those fake walmart punkers to come after us with their money and their credit cards yeah no way soon as soon as hot <laughs> topics start selling like you know yeah, aquabats and holy hour t-shirts we'll know that we're in trouble <laughs> I, I can't i can't badmouth hot topic too bad i think we sold some shirts through yeah hot topic. Oh, so, <laughs> i'm pretty sure you do yeah, yeah. yeah. there uh, was a time so cure was hey a time look at that hot yeah, topic yeah. was the enemy yeah totally. <laughs> now it's all like well i'll just see if they have any cure shirts and then i'll get out real quick <laughs> you know, exactly hey look Look at all these Naruto shirts. Right. I think I might have to get one of these. <laughs> Oh man! Oh man! Well, back in back in like ninety seven, ninety six, it was the only place I could go to get anything cool. Was Hot Topic at the Woodbridge Mall in New Jersey? Yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, I think it for people in, in Southern California, we, we you know obviously we were spoiled with all kinds of different um, music shops and record stores. Yeah. And and so you know, Hot Topic was clearly like, oh, that you know, so st- so stinky <laughs> for for Southern California people. But you know, obviously, for a lot of kids, alternative music and punk rock and things like that, that that was kind of like their only place to get it. Yeah. So you know, yeah. you can't really knock yeah. it too hard. Yeah. So. I remember buying T-shirts at the mall kiosks like back yeah. back then. Like you go through the kiosk and they have like every popular punk or you know metal band at the time and yeah they're they're in hot topic is where i got my wardrobe to start off so nice. <laughs> hey wh- whatever it takes right 
there's there's a couple people I follow on Instagram that are you know they're incredible record collectors and they have all kinds of these punk rock records and one one of the guys yeah. I follow is, is from New Jersey and he every week he just he's like here's look at this haul I got and it's just like all these amazing records the Cure and um, the you know, H artifacts every, or whatever his name is yes yeah yeah Brian yeah um, yeah it, you know and I'm like I was you know texting with him and he's like yeah i didn't really start collecting punk rock stuff until the late late 80s early 90s and i was like what because all all the stuff he has even back in the day was hard to find like it was a lot really hard to find like yeah. a lot of that stuff so um kudos to him but yeah i follow bright ancient artifacts you know and nice. yeah. I, I, yeah i bought a few records off of him too he always comes up with these insane halls. In fact, he just had a really big haul with a bunch of, there's a bunch of cure stuff in it too. And someone that I bought. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But I yeah. bought that one. Yeah. I bought that oh, okay. collection from him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah. That, that... And that was good. It wasn't there like a, there was a, um, Oh man. I can't remember everything that there, but there was a, a walk, uh, seven inch. Wasn't there. Yes, there was. yep. And, and, um, was it the close to me single? And there was a, bu a bunch of good stuff. Yeah, in between days, like a Japanese pressing, and yeah, there was a cult. I'm a cult hero, seven inch. Yeah, what's and, the seven yeah. inch with all the the mouths on it? Which which one is that one? Uh, uh jumping someone else's train. Jumping someone else's yeah. train. Yeah, that that one. Did you get that one too? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I already yeah. have it, but I was like, oh, I gotta get that. So, that that I'm oh, at that I feel stage. terrible now. <laughs> no, no, I'm I'm at that stage in my life where I'm like, oh, I'm, I've been impulse shopping for so long that sometimes I buy something and I, and I, oh, I already have that. What am I doing? And then you can't really take it back, and yeah. then you have doubles yeah. and triples of things, and like, you know, collecting is is crazy because I, I don't know. It, it there's so there, it never ends. There's just there's no end. Yeah, there's I no know. Yeah, I finally man. have it all. There's just no way, you know. <laughs> right. So yeah, we were, we were just talking about that on a little mini episode we did, where you know Chaz is you know in it to win it kind of level. Where I'm kind of like, it's hard to just get in that point, you know. Like once you've got like a good collection going, it's all like, all right, you can, you know, splurge on those rarities and stuff. But it's all like it's right. almost weirder if you don't really have that started yet and then you buy the one really expensive seven inch you know it's like it's just kind of out of place there's this one little rare thing you know so, totally. so uh, i keep yeah, like everything else is pretty easy to get and then there's there's a couple of jewels yeah like, yeah. Wow. yeah 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 i'm not sure where that I, line I have is my, but... i have my list of of uh white whales that i'll never be able to obtain but you know you know hey, it is what it you is. never know it's... i think the trick thing i think the trick and you guys kind of by honing in on the cure, uh, I think that's the trick with collecting is if you if you stick to one or two things that you collect, then then you're gonna you're gonna you probably get a really amazing collection. Yeah. But when you yeah. when you kind of shotgun collect, that's like that's yeah. a bad idea. <laughs> that's that's a bad idea. Yeah. So that that's been yeah. me for a long time. So whether it was punk records or magazines or movie posters or blacklight posters or whatever. Like I just I have to have that. I have to have that. I have to have that. And then just I can't afford I can't afford it. <laughs> but, you know. But I, I have been able to get a few cool things over the years. And some some of that stuff uh I got back in the day too, just wasn't even thinking, just not even thinking about collecting, but just yeah. buying records. Buying yeah. records. I'm yeah. surprised even any of my records survived from the eighties. Um but yeah I, I 
was able to keep a good a good grip of them but um yeah. you, some of them got lost along the way and i had to replace them and we you know with the pandemic this last year um collecting vinyl wasn't really a, a part of my collection collecting thing i was really into japanese toys for i still am but i just yeah. i'm at that level with the japanese toys where it's like I can't I can't really go any higher unless I'm like, you know, Bill Gates or something where it's like there's just there's no justifying buying thousand dollar toys. You know, there's just not <laughs> especially when you have kids, you know, and your kids yeah. are like, like, oh, is that for me? It's like, no, <laughs> this is <Yeah>. mine. <laughs> so it's fun to look at them and think about it. But I just, you know, I, I'm kind of but but going back to yeah. the, this last year, kind of being stuck at home and listening to music and going through my old records and opening those gatefolds and just being like, man, you know, vinyl is cool. Like, and, yeah. And I yeah. guess it's weird because people have been collecting vinyl and been really into collecting vinyl for a long, long time. And even back in the eighties, people were collecting records and things like that when records were the only thing you could collect. But, um, you know, cassettes were also huge in the eighties and most y young people, being young in the 80s we we listen to cassettes you, you know we buy cassettes yeah. or we go to our friend's house that had a record player and we would record you know we tape From their there. records and other people's records onto cassettes and just rock yeah. our walkmans yeah. or listen in the car or, or our little boom boxes you know so um i didn't have a ton of vital vinyl back in the 80s but uh but that's been something this last year i've been really kind of dipping back into and and looking at and, and thinking like, oh man, that'd be cool to have, you know, ancient artifacts or yeah. all those guys on yeah. Instagram, yeah. you know, vinyl collectors and the, but the, yeah, it's, I, weird, it's weird to think that you can pick any song you want at any time on your phone or on like Spotify or Apple music, but you still want to collect vinyl. It's kind of weird. Yeah. It's kind of weird. It's kind <laughs> of a weird. That weight in that, that blown up artwork and it's something physical that you can hold on to that just it just has so much power that behind it than than like an mp3 um yeah. but yeah i do love the accessibility <laughs> it's yeah. great you know but like there's nothing compares to like picking up that record and like getting that rush through your fingers and everything it's yeah really great. And having it. having things that are tangible you can feel the energy coming from it yeah and so like when you have something like a cure record or a seven inch it just feels like you're you, you're owning a piece of that b band in a way you're like you, you, yeah yeah you've got a piece of it and it's like this magical you know the cure is obviously ma a magical band they're very magic mm -hmm. and having one of their records it's like having a piece of that magic so that's that's pretty cool yeah. that's pretty cool yeah Spe right yeah especially if you do grab the old originals you know it is more like got that artifact feel to it too like this was the yeah. one from you know that time frame and stuff and it just kind of like how many people have listened to this and you just kind of can go down that path too also makes it a lot of fun so. right or, or like just you can feel it in the paper and just yeah. the way it was printed out it just feels yeah. like another time like it does feel like they're kind of like relics these days you know like they, yeah <laughs> even the, the materials they used and the ink they used was just it was it's just different now so yeah. things don't feel like they're made to last like they were in the past you know think things yeah. nowadays feel True. very disposable and so 
it's kind of like vinyl music is the last uh kind of bastion of artifacts from from a civilization that has now gone digital <laughs> and yeah. it's now like once that they pull the plug it's all gone right you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 yeah, we'll be out there with our crank machine still being able to play our music. So yeah, and, it's, and all, it's and, on my cloud, oh. <laughs> but I don't know where my cloud is. You know, I can't find my yeah. cloud. <laughs> so, yeah, what's the cloud? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like I know where my there's that are. movie. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I thought of this, but there's that movie with Tom Cruise and um, it's called like Oblivion or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's the one Morgan where he's Freeman? like. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, and yeah, but he has this like secret place out in the woods where it's like a little cabin and there's a record player and he plays music, but then he, he like, he's, he's like a, he patrols this zone right in this dystopian future. And he's found this place where this is actual cabin in in nature. And there's stuff from the past there in the cabin. And it kind of, sparks his memory of the of the past world you know what i'm talking about right yeah 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 <laughs> anyway yeah i've seen that yeah, a couple I of feel like we're too. more and yeah, more we're yeah. heading to that like where he's in his future world like pod or whatever and he can have whatever food or listen to whatever music he wants but there's just something missing there's just something missing and that's that like real tangible stuff that was made by humans and not robots kind of a thing that Anyway, I don't know why th yeah. I don't, this has to do with the cure, but it's definitely fun. Yeah. It all connects, man. It all connects. Well, speaking yeah, you of, guys just uh, jump we'll full circle. Me yeah, you want. no just worries. Get me yeah. Just get me out of it. Nah, I love the stream of thoughts. They always connect somewhere <laughs> or another. But uh, but um, I mean, I guess going back to the olden days, there, where did the cure start with you? Um, were there were there a band that you caught on to fairly? So yeah, days, I grew or? up in, in Los Angeles and, um, you know, in LA we had, and I've been talking about this a lot lately, but it, we had KROQ, K, K rock, you know? Yeah. Um, and K rock, you know, Rodney Bingenheimer had a show on K rock and, you know, Richard blade and all these old, these people that, you know, brought new music into into LA and I think probably into most of the Western United States, it, new music, like alter what became alternative music um, came in through K rock in, in the beginning. And so in the late seventies, early eighties, you know, I could be driving down the street and we, you know, I drive through Hollywood and we drive past the Starwood and we'd see people with, orange hair and mohawks and spikes and be like, Ooh, that's cool. And then you hear about K rock from kids at school. And so just from an early age, like, like 10, 11 ish, I really started listening to K rock a lot. And the music hmm. was so interesting. It was just, every band was so super different and some bands were punk and then some bands were, um, you know, Brian Eno and babies on fire or like, um, and uh, English beat eventually with like, you know, mirror in the bathroom and like all these weird, they played all kinds of different music. Man. And um, it was so fascinating. Anyway, long story short. So that's kind of my first exposure to the cure was, was through K rock. Mm -hmm. And I think it was boys don't cry. Um, but I could be wrong. I, I definitely remember um, 
the cure being in the in that mix mm-hmm. and then um mtv was something that was also something that kids talked about but only kind of like the rich <laughs> kids had mtv because because of cable and having yeah. cable and that's kind of started popping up in the early 80s but early early 80s like 81 82 there was a show in la called mv3 so m as in macho and then v as in video music video three and one of the hosts (laughs) of the show was richard blade who was a he was a dj on kroq as well and so being a young kid and listening to k-rock and oh richard blade has his own show and they're gonna play music videos so they played um it was kind of like an american bandstand where people would would dance but in front of this giant green screen and then on the green screen they would they would composite uh music videos and popular music videos of from the day so it was like punk and new wave it was ramones and b-52s and oingo boingo and devo and any bands that had a video they would they would play Hmm. and and then they would they would pull out of the screen and you would see like kids like dancing in front of the screen and that was like this like blew my mind because it was my first kind of introduction to kind of club culture and kids getting dressed up and, and just new wave and punk. And even though I'd seen it around, it, it, you could like kind of dissect it cause you're watching it and picking kids out in fashion and like, wow, it's, you know, cause you're a kid, you're going to baseball and playing with a bunch of other kids. And then all of a sudden you see like this, this, legion of people and they're all super individualistic and weird and different and there's goth and ska and you know all these different styles and so and then the cure obviously had like even though they 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 address it in jumping someone else's train they definitely had like their own look and their own vibe yeah yeah kind of with Robert Smith and what he did. And so I think let's go to bed was one of the first videos I saw. And then of course, love cats. And then that became like a huge, huge hit at our house was, was, you know, let's go to bed. My parents, obviously for obvious reasons, they thought it meant something else. (laughs) Um, But like love cats was a huge hit. And our, you know, my family, we're all kind of goofy and, (laughs) <laughs> we love we loved love cats I and mean, it was like the huge hit in our house and so we we would also take vhs tapes and like tape this show mv3 and you can still see it on youtube like if you type mv3 richard blade you'll you'll see what uh, i'm talking about huh. but yeah. i mean they had they also had live performances from bands so they had oingo boingo on the show that the clash it was it was crazy like Cool. And it was yeah. just this small, almost felt like a cable access version of MTV, yeah. but it yeah. would be like if you know American yeah. bandstand, but it was it was programmed by the, the guys from K Rock. So huh. Richard Blade was a big influence on it. But um yeah, that was kind of like the first cure um, awakening yeah. was like I mean because you know let's go to bed and love cats are a little more i guess commercial love cats probably is one of their most like pop accessible hits yeah you know yeah yeah it's it's definitely in the top five of their most poppiest songs that like you you wouldn't 
ever think that this band would be the same band that would sing lullaby or you know right. disintegrate some of these other songs because it's what so would... upbeat and fun but i think that was the portal into you know the cure was yeah. like hey come on in this is fun yeah, and then yeah. pretty soon you're like <laughs> You're watching static on the TV, listening to the record. Yeah, yeah. We've, we've commented numerous times on this show how it's funny how the it always seems like the pop is what hooks everybody, you know. And then yeah. like, and then once you're in there, you're like, ooh, what's this dark era? What is this? And then you know, you start to get into the heavier stuff. And then some people just get where they turn totally on the pop. You know, it's always like pop versus the dark cure or whatever. But um, you know, right. Well, it, I, and I'm definitely, you know, I. I'm definitely more on the pop side of the yeah. cure only. And that's by choice because I just like, I like the, how he, it's still melancholy and yet it's, it's like still poppy. So yeah, I, a couple years later, you know, a couple years after love cats and um, you know, let's go to bed. We're pretty popular in their big rotation on, on the radio. Um, I think I was in eighth grade or no seventh grade definitely seventh grade and um head on the door came out and in between days was like that song even now just getting the chills like yeah. <laughs> that song yeah. at that time like i'm in seventh grade there was this girl that i really really liked uh -huh. and um anyway as it happens to seventh graders she's she was in my grade and so of course the ninth grade one of the ninth grade boys like whisked her away right. and, <laughs> and kind of broke my heart or whatever and then like all a lot of the girls in my grade wouldn't even hang out with us anymore because they were all kind of like whisked off by the eighth and ninth <laughs> graders and the the seventh grade boys were just like you know we were just you know, we, we couldn't, we couldn't, you know, we had no, we had no chance with the girls. We just had no chance. So when in between days came on and I just, I can still remember to this day, like sitting in my room and that song came on the radio and it just like, it broke my heart. And the, at the same time, it was like, it has this hope feeling in the song. Like it feels hopeful, but it's also like a sad song, yeah. you know? And, um, man, and I was like, I, and that from that moment on, I was like, "Kid, okay, this band is amazing," and that yeah. that's definitely one of my favorite songs. Obviously, from the Cure is "In Between Days," and uh, yeah, that one. Was... Still now, I, I I listen to it and I get the chills because it just it it it's like it's like a hap it's a happy sad song. It's like yeah. a really happy yeah. song yeah. that's happy sad. sad. Yep. You know? Yeah, never gets old. You know, it's like oh, never. It, it, <laughs> I, I swear, I, I know, and I could listen to that song ten times in a row, and I would still want to hear it again. It's like it's yeah. one of their great greatest songs, and they have so many good songs. But that's definitely one of the songs that. Yeah. I, and it's that's just, just like, a perfect example of the ones too of like that scenario of the you know being young that middle school age or something and you everything turns away but but robert's there you know he's always there to yes. switch you up <laughs> it's gonna be all right you know and it's just like totally. a song for every occasion yeah exactly. right and you you yeah. kind of automatically feel a little like alienated and like like a weirdo because you're going you're changing and yeah. you're seventh grade and you're like we we were called scrubs in seventh grade we were the scrubs and 
we were outsiders and the popular kids made fun of us and threw milk at us and then the, you know the even our girls the peers our peers wouldn't hang out with us and so it was like this kind of awkward time and then that was the time where it's like okay this band is this is my band it, definitely <laughs> one of my bands you know yeah. and, and uh I, I, I think, yeah, you know, I'm sure you guys have talked about this on, on the show, but uh, Trent Reznor, his speech that where he you know, inducted the cure into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, yeah. like yeah. he, he alluded <laughs> to that as well. Right? Yeah. His speech. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Where yeah. it was like he felt like a weirdo and an alien and an outsider. And then he heard the cure and he was like, these are my people and yeah. this is it. They yeah. gave him, gave him yeah. hope. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Especially yeah. just like definitely hit home when we, yeah, Gavin and I were both there and that, uh, that hit home and you could feel it in the crowd. That was just like the, the speech was very well received. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was, uh, it's emotional, it's emotional like listening to it because it, it's not just about, it's not just about the cure. It just touches upon this feeling that we all have at some point that we're lost and we're alone and, and there's no yeah. one out there, but then knowing that the cure does what they do and the mute, the songs they write, it, it just captures that feeling so well that it, it gives you hope that it's okay. And it, it's there. It's definitely therapeutic. Yeah. So I can see why this is the, the show, the holy, the, <laughs> yes. the holiness of the cure. It's true. It's true. Yeah. You know, it, it's one and of the things I love about the care too, is they're like, even still to this day, I mean, they're rock and roll hall of fame level band, but for some reason, I think the fans and stuff are so passionate about them or somehow the cure is able to convince everyone kind of feels like they're their local band still somehow, you know, like we know that they play these <laughs> stadiums and they've been around forever, but everyone takes them so personally and passionately and have all these experiences as a kid growing up with them that you, you are defensive about it when people like, you know, don't like them or something, or you're very protective of them, I guess is a better term, you know, and you feel like they're, they're your band that you grew up with, like that lived down the block, not, you know, like this international success. And I think that's a really testament to how awesome they are that they can make you feel that way, you know? So, yeah. yeah. I mean, it crosses over and it's international. I mean, yeah, that's because that's a feeling that everyone feels. It's a human feeling, you know, the, of loneliness and loss and at the same time, hope and joy. And they, they, they have they get it so they, they nail it so well and spooky weird stuff yeah. and weirdness quirky and <laughs> right. it's just it's they're great i mean obviously we're that's what we're talking about but uh what was it what was it like hearing those poppy songs and then backtracking to the older uh like 17 seconds and pornography and faith uh what was that like uh, trying to compare that to like the poppy or happy stuff. Yeah. So, you know, really I was skating on the, like the surface of the cure for a long time. And like, I didn't actually yeah. start d dipping into it until like, you know, high school, junior high and high school. And, and then, um, you, you know, you always think that the old stuff is better. You know, I always think the old stuff is better. And, <laughs> and then you go back and listen to, you know, 10 15 on a saturday night or or killing an arab or you listen to those old you know songs and you're like wow these are so they're just so stripped down and even like the forest like the forest is one of my favorite songs of the gear obviously it it's dark and it's weird and it's but it's still kind of poppy 
but it, yeah. it's, it's catchy, but it's just a weird, it's a weird song if you think about it, because it's pretty simple. It's pretty simple. And it's it's definitely came out in the time of, you know, New Wave did that thing where they would just take simple things and then layer a bunch of simple things on top. And then it yeah. becomes this this kind of tapestry of simplicity that that um the cure was super super good at that and um so i like going back and listening to all that stuff and i got got into that stuff pretty okay but you know there's a bunch of stuff even on head of head on the door that that feels like it just feels like a different band it just feels like a totally yeah. different band like the song "The Blood" is so different <laughs> from, yeah. right? Yeah, it's yeah, so yeah. different from "In Between Days," and it's on the same record. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, yeah. it's a weird. Or like, even the walk, like the like, and that was a song they played yeah. on K Rock a lot too. Dun, 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 yeah. And yeah. that song is so different from so many other songs on that record. It's like, it, and that that was fun. I think that that was that was a cool thing about. Um, new wave in general or that that time period of music was it, it was kind of it was experimental in the way that bands wanted to make songs all sound different and then you know it goes it goes in cycles where you know music comes around and whatever is popular then bands want to write the same song or yeah you know they want to keep writing the same music over and over again to to keep getting hits but that's what was awesome about the cure is it never, it never felt like they were trying to write hits. Yeah, like yeah. They, they were just writing interesting music. Like, I mean, think about this, the caterpillar, like that song is so different. Yeah. It's so different than the forest or, <laughs> yeah. or even like boys don't cry is a simple, almost like Beatlesy kind of a song. And then you, you go to the caterpillar and you're like, what the heck is this? Yeah. This is crazy. And, um, and I'm just trying to think of songs off the top of my head, but, but all those songs work so well live though. That's what's amazing about that band is that you go see them and they'll play that wide variety of, of sound. Yeah. It somehow meshes still, it's still cohesive yeah. somehow, or it's like, how do these all yeah. fit? <laughs> but it <laughs> somehow does. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, and then around that time, um, because of punk rock was punk rock was so popular and, in LA and then uh, you know I started I kind of went backwards where I got into punk and new wave first and then I started going backwards like you're, you alluded to and listening to the older stuff and then even going further than that listening to the Ramones and going back and listening to mm -hmm. Neil Young and getting into classic rock Aerosmith and Zeppelin and Hendrix I got into all that stuff like after new wave yeah, yeah, yeah. and so when um when grunge came or when they call it grunge but to me it was just kind of an extension of punk but when yeah when like all the sub pop bands started popping up and getting popular like um you know sonic youth and nirvana and mud honey and all those bands and then of course dinosaur jr like i was a huge dinosaur jr fan and um and then dinosaur jr covered just like heaven which to me yeah. was to me still might be the greatest cure song of all the songs because it's so it's so sad and it's so happy at the same time it's like the apex of all it's yeah. like the ultimate terrible 
story about losing your girl and at the same time yeah. it's like it's just like heaven it's just yeah. it's a it's a yep. insanely awesome song and um so dinosaur jr covers just like heaven and that makes me go back and really listen to just like heaven from the cure and realize that the cure is still nailing it they're still putting out and the, just like heaven was it wasn't an old old song. That this was like a new song. Like this was yeah. this came out after Head on the Door, and so it, it was interesting that these new bands. It's one thing when like a new band or a punk band covers a like a twenty or thirty year old song, but Dinosaur Junior was covering a song that was like three years old. Yeah, two yeah. Years old. yeah. It had just come out, and to me that was like another like sign on the road that said the cure is the best like <laughs> this band that i, I love dinosaur jr they were so heavy and just gnarly guitars and and then they did this really heavy cover of just like heaven and it just made me go back and listen and i realized that the cure's version is it's so good it's untouchable like you can't touch it it's yeah. so good it's it, it's it makes you cry and smile at the same time. It's so weird, yeah, you know. Yeah. What does yeah, that? It's our, it's our so, wedding. Uh, my wife and our our wedding song. That it was just like, but it's 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 like the most perfect song I can think of. And so, we've had this perfect. debate going on that "Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me" is held up by "Just Like Heaven" more than like if you take that song off that album the album isn't as good oh, as yeah. if you take like another song off the other album like another i definitely album, agree so. that that song made so. that whole album like that's the best song oh yeah for... oh yeah absolutely yeah yeah but anyway so so, so the cure is it's a, one of those bands that's just it's and it keeps doing amazing things like there's the mint car song that they were playing a lot on the radio but yeah. they're they're still coming out with great music and um just he just Robert Smith knows how to write songs. You know, yeah, he just yeah. so good. He's just a, a genius. You know, I can't. Yeah, I can't say it more than that. Really. <laughs> you know. but, uh, so, so, so as your you, fandom, you know, a couple bands. Uh -huh. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, I was just gonna say. Then I guess you're saying as your fandom over the years. Then do you feel like it's been something you've stuck with, or you've ever uh, diminished over time? Come back in and yeah, out. And or... I think it's definitely been. It, it's actually been a build up because it, I was never like super rabid mm -hmm. cure fan. I was always a fan, but um, I was never like, I wasn't as big a fan of the cure as I am right now. Right. Just, if that makes sense. <laughs> and, and I'm not just saying that cause I'm on the podcast, yeah. but <laughs> just this last couple years, you know, being in a band, there was, you know, there's as a kid, punk rock definitely inspired me to want to be to be in a band and so we started some punk bands and then you know bands like the cure and 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 devo and and uh what was it, it was oh the pixies like so the bands like the pixies like that the pixies was probably the band that and they opened up for the cure in 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 la on a big tour yeah, yeah. And, I, and i went to that that tour and that was the band to me and, and the cure says the pixies we're going to take them on the road that was one of the things where i really got into the pixies and that made me want to be in a band more than any other band which is weird but <laughs> so um 
but I've always had mad respect for the cure. But anyway, being in the Aquabats now for 25 years, um, it happened a couple years ago, but the guitar player, um, Ian Eaglebones and I, we, we mm -hmm. just started <laughs> talking about the cure and we just started getting really into the cure. And then we did this cruise. It was like a warp tour reunion cruise. And there was a bunch of bands on, yeah. that, on the cruise, um, uh, like, uh, what are some of the bands? Uh, <laughs> Lifestyles of the Must Rich have been Cruise. What's that band called? Uh, <laughs> Good Charlotte. Good Charlotte. Okay. There it is. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those yeah. guys had something to do with the bringing the bands out. But you know, it was a Good Charlotte, Less Than Jake, uh, Lit, Real Big Fish, like a bunch of kind of like classic Warp Tour bands. And we, yeah, we were invited, and we went on this cruise, and. It, it was it happened over halloween and there was something that the cruise was doing and they wanted the bands hey we're going to do this night where it's on halloween we want bands to come up on stage as people that have already passed away like bands you know like dressed up like you know bands that have elvis died and, yeah <laughs> and, and elvis or whatever you know and and come and do a couple cover songs and then we said okay we're in and then we were like, we're going to do the cure. And and they were like, uh, wait, the, but the cure is still around. I'm like, yeah, but they're dead inside. So that's OK. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and then they they were they were like, oh, OK. And, but we went all out like we totally did did the whole thing. And we practiced we practiced the cure songs probably more than we ever practiced our <laughs> own songs. Because we wanted them to we wanted to really because the Aquabats obviously is silly and we're, we're a little bit uh, irreverent, but we, you know, being on the Holy podcast, mm -hmm. we, we wanted to give a reverence to the cure and we wanted people to think like, wow, that sounded just like the cure. Yeah. Instead of the Aquabats coming up and doing like a ska version, right. just like, like oh, yeah. that, I mean, that, that's just like, I just get cringy when I think about that. And, and I knew, I do know there are other bands that have covered cure songs and made them like, yeah like saw songs yeah. and it's just like yeah. to me that is like if we're talking religiously that's blasphemy man you yeah. can't do that like <laughs> you just don't don't yeah. ruin the cure songs with that like pick it up pick it up you know just like heaven like oh it's just like <laughs> it's so cringy to me but so anyway we wanted to be really faithful to the cure and just nail it and you know we did just like heaven and and um we did in between days. I think we did love song and I think we only did four songs and, and, um, and then that kind of like spiraled into something cause we felt magic. Like we felt the magic of like, wow, we actually practiced. We sounded really good <laughs> and we sounded like our favorite band, the cure. Let's do this again. So we, we've looked for other times that we, we've, and we've done it a couple other times. One yeah. time we, we, opened up for a band called sweet and tender hooligans which is basically a smith's cover band yeah and, okay um, i think that was um, the one i saw when we were doing a road trip out in la we and we saw him i think out there and uh yeah joe escalante from the vandals he plays bass in, in it and and they, oh, they call cool. him the next the mexican Mor morrissey but Ho jose maldonado is the singer and you close your eyes and it's morrissey singing yeah. like it this sounds exactly <laughs> like them and so we opened up for them as the cure, but it was the Aquabats, you know, doing our tribute to the cure. And then we did another time where we opened up for the Vandals, but, you know, and that was right at the end of 2019. And we were hoping like, 
to book some like a tour yeah. where we would go out yeah. and play here you know like um you know when i was a kid they had beatlemania where they had a band like dressed like the beatles and, <laughs> yeah. you know all the eras of the beatles but we were like so excited to do like let's go out and we'll do like the cure mania and like dress up like the early cure and then you know yeah. anyway we, we, uh. we were all excited about it but we're, we're 2020 yeah <laughs> uh, i was i was a i was a fan of the aquabats and i was a i was a fan of the tv show and yo gabba gabba and everything uh, especially with with the kids and when i somebody tagged me in either a video or a shirt that you guys were doing for one of the shows and i was just, I was just like that kind of solidifies like that, <laughs> like how much I like this. And then like, I, I immediately, like as soon as Gavin started having me on the podcast, I made a list of people that I wanted to have on. And, uh, <clears throat> Mike McTiernan of the band damnation AD was like the first one. And then you were right next to it. Cause they had covered the whole pornography album for one of their albums, uh, in 2017. So, uh, yeah, this was like this is a big deal having you on here. So, like all these stories are great. Um, so when you were working uh, with, I, I don't know how much production you had in Yo Gabba Gabba. Was there ever a time that you tried to get uh, Robert Smith or The Cure on the show as a musical act? Well, yeah. So we we're clo- we're really close to the first the first um, record deal that the Aquabats did was with a company called Golden Voice. And Golden Voice is the big promotion company in LA that they pr- they promoted all the best shows. So whether it was like NWA and Eazy-E or it was like The Exploited <laughs> and GBH or, yeah. you know, or The Cure and Depeche Mode, like G- Golden Voice did all the best music shows. They didn't, they didn't do the like Linda Ronstadt at the Hollywood Bowl, but they would do like, when The Cure would come to town, they would do The Cure, et cetera, et cetera. So we tried a, a few a few things to, to try to get the cure to be on the show. And in fact, one of our like our business manager for a while, we we had a business manager and a guy that worked there was a guy named Gary Biddles, who was in the band Presence, mm. which was a band that uh, was it Lowell Tolhurst did or yeah, yeah. after he left. Yeah. Him. Gary was in the band with Lowell and um Gary was also, he was a roadie for The Cure for many years. And Gary was, you know, he's from England. He was always like, hey, you, you want to go meet Robert at the team? And I was like, yes, please, you know. <laughs> whenever they'd come to town, I'd always, we'd either be out on the road or doing something. But we never actually had Gary introduce us to them. Um, but there were times, like, we got close. Like, um, I worked for Golden Voice off and on in between being on tour. And so when The Cure did... Coachella I was there and um there was a a funny story back in the day we did try to have the cure on and if Yo Gabba Gabba ever comes back I mean mark my words now (laughs) that will be one of my first phone calls it's like perfect man even if it's just Robert but yeah we we uh there's a thing that K-Rock does every summer called the weenie roast and it 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 kind of defined what those radio shows, you know, it's kind of like, hey, we're doing this thing. And if your band comes and plays for free, we'll keep playing you on the radio. It's one of those like, it's kind of like an extortion festival is what I used to. <laughs> I used to consider those like 
and all the radio stations do them now, like the Christmas shows or the, but K-Rock kind of started that, like, we're going to do this summer concert and <clears throat> invite some of our biggest bands that we play on the radio to come play for free. And, uh, you know, if they play for free, then we'll promise to push their new record and stuff like that. You know, that it's a little weird, but like, anyway, they're, for fans, for music fans, it's awesome. But, in, yeah. in, you know, behind the curtain, you know that like <laughs> some of the bands aren't that excited to be there because they're yeah. doing it because they're kind of forced into that. But one year, The Cure, <laughs> the Cure um, played the Weenie Roast. They, they headlined it. And I think Radiohead played that year and the Foo Fighters played that year. So it was like a big, it was a big year. It could have been 95 or 96. Anyway... At the time, we were kind of <clears throat> popular in the local Orange County scene, and th and it just so happened that the Weenie Roast was in Orange County. So we went down to the Weenie Roast. We didn't have tickets, but we wore our Aquabats costumes, mm -hmm. and we just, like, walked backstage, and we're like, what's up, guys? <laughs> Yo, what's up? And uh, we totally got in, and we had a camera crew, and we were filming and and doing stuff. And people, the security just thought we were supposed to be there because they're like, oh, it's the Aquabats. You know, they're, they're a band, so they're supposed to be here. Uh -huh. But we didn't have passes. <laughs> we, didn't, we were just like, and we were cruising around, like trying to interview people and talk to people. And the, the, the best thing about it was like at the very end of the night, you know, people stand on the sides of the stage to watch bands. Um, the security was sweeping everybody off because the cure is coming on family and friends only. <laughs> if you don't have this special pass, there was like a special cure pass. If you didn't have the cure pass, you got kicked off the side of the stage. And for some reason, the security was still like, Aquabats, you're okay. But everyone else, <laughs> out of here, out of here. So awesome. We're yeah. literally on the side of the stage watching the cure, their whole set um, with like, three or four other people and the security even went and got us chairs so we could sit down. We were like fitting <laughs> oh, right, man. like so super close to like, um, uh, po poor old Thompson and his guitar. And, right. um, it was, it was epic. And, you know, Robert Smith walked right past us and he's, a, he's a big dude. Like I was surprised how big he is. Cause you know, he's kind of in the videos, he's a little yeah. shot. And yeah. demure but then when he walks past you he's like yeah. i'm with his hair obviously yeah, the hair bigger, adds a few inches <laughs> he's yeah. a big guy he's a big dude like he's yeah. tall and um it was awesome like we were so stoked that was like that was a highlight of our of probably <laughs> definitely the early days we got to watch the cure we didn't pay for a ticket we just snuck in <laughs> so like and, sitting and we, next to his mom or something probably <laughs> yeah totally it was like friends that they had like and right. family and cousins and stuff and it and they were all looking at us like what are these guys doing here and like the only downside was we just we had to wear our costumes all day but you know yeah. hey if, if, if you had to wear a superhero costume all day and stand next to the cure for free then why, why wouldn't you well right? worth it yeah <laughs> That's we're awesome. like we're security yeah I, I really I'm gonna put you guys in touch with my friend Otis. So my friend Otis Bartholomew, he he go he went by the moniker O back in the eighties. Uh -huh. And he shot he shot um photos for Flipside magazine, for Thrasher oh, magazine, Trans Transworld oh, magazine. Oh, wow. He's he's an old skateboard photographer. Maybe maybe you've heard of him. Yeah. But um Gavin? back in the uh, have you heard of him? No, I don't think so. Sorry. <laughs> so Otis, Otis Bartholomew, and um, I'll, I'll put you, I'll put you in touch with him. 
because he would be great to have on this. But awesome. he's actually um, he has some great stories about the cure because he was tour managing Dinosaur Jr. back in the day when oh, they were on man. tour with the cure because uh, they opened up for the cure a cool, couple of times yeah. as well. And he has like awesome stories about exchanges about just like heaven and how they're kind of ribbing each other about it. And, you know, Robert Smith said that that was his, his favorite dinosaur junior song was just like yep. heaven, and, <laughs> which is kind of a famous quote, but yeah. the, the, the crazy thing is, and Oh, I'll have, I'll put, Oh, in touch with you guys to be on the show. Cause he has great cure stories and he has cure stories for way, like, I mean, way, way back in the seventies and then obviously in the eighties as well. But, and he's like me and he won't shut up either, but he, he, uh, he, I'll have him tell you guys the story about how he challenged um, Robert Smith to ping pong and, and Robert Smith. Oh, he's man. actually, they had a ping pong table on tour with them and they would, they'd have ping pong battles. Like you would right. think like Robert Smith just probably thinking about music all day, but he's yeah, actually playing ping pong. <laughs> Otis said yeah. he's a really good ping pong player. Wow. <laughs> is it, is it, is awesome. it like Prince with Charlie Murphy on the Chappelle show where he's just dominating him? <laughs> like it's, Totally like basketball trick shots and everything. Like uh, Prince, yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, Otis says he's really good. He's really good. Right. So. <laughs> sounds awesome. That'd be rad. <laughs> yeah, and, and Oza, he's a big music guy, and he has a lot of good Cure stories. And he knows Robert. Like, he has his phone number, and they talk to each other. And wow. they became friends through ping pong, of all things, which is kind of <laughs> That's <Nice>. awesome. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> anyway yeah. so Did, uh, your your question just spiraled into like a 40 minute oh, yeah, no, no, that's that, amazing that's what this show is 90 percent of the time <laughs> totally. so we have to backtrack on like everything that we've said yeah so. it's all good <laughs> <laughs> so you you think you'll uh, stick to doing some some care tribute shows with the aquabats is when i hope so and you can see some of them online if you you go on yeah. YouTube and, yeah, and you right. can see some of it. And we for the last one we did we did we even did like um, visuals like we made videos for each song that we we covered and we played the videos behind us on the screen. And so we were like going all out. And, and but again, that's like because the Aquabats is so kind of silly and stupid and wacky. We when we go do the Cure thing, we want people to think this is like the cure and, and, and we do kind of like, we, we tend to like kind of stick to more of the poppier songs, but I was yeah. really trying to push the band, um, uh, to doing, um, why is my mind blanking? But, uh, I'm coming to find you if it takes me all night. Yeah. Night like this. That's it. Yeah. Because that that song is awesome and yeah. it has a sax solo in it. It's yeah, like yeah. <laughs> it does, it does. It's the best sax solo probably of the '80s, in my opinion. Oh, it's so good! It's so good. <laughs> and 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 um, our our sax player Jimmy the Robot, he's a really good sax player. And I was like, man, you would nail this. It would sound so awesome. And that was so. That's the next one. I think we're going to try to do Push as well and, cool. and get. Oh, uh, that'd be awesome! Yeah, get Night Like This on there. Um, um primary i love that song too i'd love to do primary oh, but uh we you know we did we did um love cats and we had guys in cat suits come out with with their horns <laughs> yeah. and they had like full body cat suits like the music video and they're dancing around on stage and then when it came to the part where the horns come in on love cats they took their their cat helmets off 
and it was our horn section. So, nice. um, and it was like that's awesome. A couple of our old horn players, and then the real big fish horn players came and joined us, and then we had, um, <laughs> and then from Love Cats we went into uh, Close to Me, but the version with the horns, yeah. because I I think that version's way better yeah. anyway. <laughs> Personally, that's my personal. <laughs> totally. Well, it, I, the reason I really like that version is because it's so quiet, and he's like, like you could tell when he, they recorded it, he was like right up on the mic, like whispering, almost yeah. whispering. And well, you know, if you're in a band with horns, you know that like trumpets can rival guitars as far as being like really loud and blowing your ears up, and to to be so quiet and so like intimate. And yeah. then those little like boop 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 the the synthesizers, and then have they have the horns come in and just be like, bum, bum, da, 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 yeah. like it just it's so gnarly to do that live too because it's so loud and it blows it just blows you up and it's pretty cool though it's pretty yeah. cool so that's why I, we we did that version the, the horn version and and you know we did uh, uh, some of the other hits but but again. It's so much fun. I hope we could. I hope we can do more. I just yeah. don't know what's going to happen with yeah. the new the new world yeah. that we yeah. live in. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to yeah. say in any direction. But is there one song that you felt like really brought the house down that was always like got the best reaction as far as a Cure set? Um, just like Heaven always does. Yeah. And that that's always the song that people just freak out and start crying and yeah. laughing at. <laughs> exactly. you know? That's always good. But we did uh, jump in someone else's train. We did uh, obviously uh, Boys Don't Cry, and um, we opened with the with the forest, which is kind of weird, but because yeah. usually the Cure will close with the forest, you know, and and so we 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 opened with it, and because um, it's it's such a build, you know, yeah. a build. Yeah. And um and then uh with that, that I love that song too. I love The Forest. It's such a great song. But uh anyway, it just makes just thinking about <laughs> these songs just make me like, oh man, yeah, I wish we could go do it. It's so great. <laughs> but um what what was the first time you saw the cure? You said that you saw them in what was it, ninety two? I think it was ninety two um, at Dodger Stadium. Yeah, I think that's the, maybe okay. the first time I saw them play. Mm-hmm. Uh which was way, way after I could have seen them play as a youngster, but I kind of went through this like hardcore punk phase where I put everything away. That's when I first started going to shows was a lot. I started on my own. I was mostly punk stuff. And then I went and saw them with uh, the Pixies, I think was at, I think it was at Dodger stadium, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And not, yeah. Um, or was it earlier with Dinosaur Jr.? It might have been because they played with the Dinosaur cranes, Jr. Did, did the Cranes play that too? Was that that? Cranes were Wish Tour, yeah. So. And I've only seen them a handful of times, like maybe three or four times, but I haven't seen them a ton. A ton. Um, but again, I, I like haven't been. I haven't been a bigger fan than I am right now. So it's like yeah. it's, I would do just about. Any, I would do just about anything to see them right now. So yeah. So bad, yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say seeing them on stage has to count for like four or five times. Like, yeah, I, that one, that <laughs> one at the Weenie Roast was like, and that's I'd seen them before, and then I saw that time was really really special because it was just right on stage, and you you know, when you really like a band though, you don't you don't really want to be on stage with them because 
it it doesn't sound as good on stage because you're listening yeah. to the monitors. You're not listening to the full sound out in the crowd. And so even though it was cool being on stage and being that close and like watching the intricacies of, you know, Mr. Thompson playing and seeing, you know, yeah. it, it just, it, it just, it didn't sound as good as it did when you're out in the crowd and you're like, you're right there in the center by the center of monitors listening to it. And, and um, it just, it is what it is, you know? I mean, yeah. I've seen a lot of bands from the stage that it's rare that you're on stage and you're getting the full, like, great sound of a band if you're like on the side of the stage you know but if you're in the front that's cool but do you feel like your regular fan base of aquabats is pretty receptive of like when you do cure shows too like does it have much crossover or do you notice it being a drastically different crowd when you do those shows well i think the thing with the aquabats is you know since yo gabba gabba and then the aquabats super show like our tv show Mm -hmm. we have this we have you know, DRI had the crossover album, the famous yeah. like metal skanker guy. Yeah. But I think the Aquabats like legit have the craziest crossover audience. Like we have people that are our age and older that get all the references and the, they like the cure and they like rock. And then we have like literally little kids, like really little kids and soccer moms and yeah. moms that bring their kids and they think it's going to be like, power rangers on ice or something like they don't they don't realize it's that we're a band and we play songs and people jump around and dance and bump around and yeah and so um i think part of our crowd loves the fact that we like the cure and then the other half of the crowd is like what i don't know what what is that you know they don't know (laughs) and they just think the aquabats are being there they go being weird again but um but I, I kind of like that. I like to be able to introduce a younger generation to, to not just our music, but I feel like our music is so influenced by so many, you know, amazing giants like The Cure. And if we have an opportunity to introduce kids, younger kids to The Cure, I, I think that's cool. Yeah, you know, definitely. That's awesome. What does it say about the band as as a musician and somebody in a, in a band? Um, what's it? say about the cure to have such a broad um fan base because like we've covered stuff uh like on cover episodes where we have like you know norwegian death metal covering uh a forest and then we have country bands playing you know you know just like heaven and it's such a wide variety of fans and like even you go to a show it's just a wide variety of people or like, like what, Adele, what do you Adele say about doing that? love songs yeah you know? yeah yeah right. yeah, yeah. Yeah, again, that just speaks to the songwriting. And and um, David Bowie had that. Uh, Robert Smith yeah. has that. Um, clearly, you know, Lennon and McCartney had that. Um, I think, I think on a lesser known scale, but um, you know, yeah, Charles Tom- Charles Thompson <laughs> or you know Frank Black, uh, Black Francis from the yeah. Pixies, he is an amazing songwriter as well. And super influential, but just so, somehow, some way, didn't connect like everybody else did as as well. And you know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of there's a lot of really great songwriters out there that write really great songs that connect with people. And uh, you know, Robert Smith, for what for what it's worth, it's interesting 
again, you put a different costume on somebody singing his song and it is it like wildfire appeals to everybody, yeah. you know, but <laughs> yeah. it, it yeah. kind of speaks to a little bit to, you know, a little bit to what the Aquabats have always kind of been about. And that's like it, what we're wearing, you know, it's like our, un, it's like our uniform, but there's like this uniform that comes into, it's like your brand. It's like the cure brand. Yeah, it's, right. It's goth, it's dark, it's weird, but it's not, it's not really, it touches upon those things, but because of, because of the hair and the eyeliner, it, it, it feels like in a way it's like, it's captured, but, but the song speaks so well to such a big audience that it, it, it that's where it becomes this mass appeal because you hear the song and you don't see, if you don't see Robert Smith first and you hear the song, you're, you're, you're in, you know? Yeah. But, yeah, <laughs> but for some people, they see Robert Smith and they go, they go like, "Oh my gosh, this is even better than yeah. I thought." Yeah, <laughs> and then some people are turned, you know, some people are turned off by it. It's like, you know, I remember in the '80s, like Culture Club got a big bad rap with a lot of kids at school, and they were like, "Yeah, that guy, that guy wears makeup, you know, and like yeah. he's a, yeah. he's a blank and blankety blank and." Yeah, but yeah. have you heard him sing? He's an amazing singer. Like he's they're great. You know, Boy George is a great singer, and their songs yeah. were great. But again, like because the brand was like not mainstream, it was like, and I think England was kind of on on point with as far as like doing alternative branding way, way, way back when. You know, and America is a little slower to catch on to that. Yeah, but but uh. Anyway, I don't. I know that doesn't have that much to do with it, but yeah, clearly, um, that's the the clearly the Cure songs, Robert's songs, they resonate so well with so many people um, that I think that Cure would even be bigger, you know, uh, could even be bigger if people would just look past the the like stigma or they look past the like what they think it is and just unplug your mind and just get in yeah. listen to it and it's it's amazing right yeah, you know, like, so yeah. many of those hits yeah. are weren't even hits you know we've always joked about that as far as like chart success and stuff i mean really right. only like love song and friday in love you know but i mean like even like just like heaven you know i think it was like 50 something on the billboard if it even made it that high even it wasn't really a hit till way later you know i think it's those you know kind of factors where you wonder if it, if it had just been some super boring looking dude up there singing it could have been a bigger pop hit you know or you know but right or if it was like you know in the 80s like some hulk hogan guy waving an american flag you know like but that's why that's why it endures because the cure they never really sold out to their brand they never sold out for what they were doing and and i feel like you you know even as the aquabats we never wanted to sell out. We always, we, we knew that the, the superhero outfits were like, they're like a hindrance, like almost like warding off people. (laughs) It's, it's like a filter. It filters people because people that are like, that's stupid. I think those guys are dumb. Look at them. They don't come to our shows and that's great. (laughs) (laughs) But the people that are like, those guys are awesome. That's so funny. I want to, I want to jump around and be like that then they show up and it creates this awesome community. And from that community that grows, I think the cure obviously 
they they had that in spades you know they with Susie and the Banshees and you know that post-punk era you know Gang of Four and all those those bands like kind of creating this little scene that people would look at them and be like I don't want anything to do with that and they'd be like great stay away yeah yeah and they created this like this you know nucleus that grew from there and and and, um the way that Robert Smith looks is almost like an affront to people that aren't creative you know it's like yeah people that are like not creative or just like you look dumb you know <laughs> he's he's a, he, he like it's like he's stoked that they're like yeah they don't want anything to do with him and i think that's pretty genius because what 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 he's done now and i think you know there's a lot of bands that had tried to do that more in the 80s and that's not to appeal to the mainstream but to appeal to a creative a creative mind yeah. creative minds appeal to kids that that do feel on the outside but need need a team. They need someone to like that's being an individual. And, and that that's what I did mm-hmm. like a lot about even in the 80s. It felt like whether it was in skateboarding or music, it, it really like amplified the individuality of the bands. Yeah. That the six the 60s had started and then it kind of jumped over the 70s where everyone became corduroy and like looked the yeah. same. <laughs> but then it really exploded in the 80s where every band had to have their own individual like feeling not just yeah and not just musically but also the look yeah. you know and that, that's yeah. obviously the you know the gene pool that i grew up in <laughs> seeing all these different bands yeah. and then us when i started a band like i didn't want to look or sound like any other band i wanted to be totally different you yeah. know and obviously you can't be totally different musically but but you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's, why, that's why obviously so much respect for The Cure for doing something that they're writing these amazing, beautiful songs and, and they're almost repelling a certain a group of people away yeah. on purpose in a way. You know? <laughs> yeah. 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 And yeah. when you really yeah. dig in, I mean, there's been tons of examples of him just like totally 180 the whole sound, even if they start to get to you know like even with disintegration coming right after kiss me kiss me they're starting to break through the mainstream a little too much even so he's like always kind of throwing the monkey wrench in there even with their sound i'm like okay now we're going dark you know or, yeah, yeah. or you know like love cats where everyone's like what <laughs> they were just doing yeah. pornography like a year earlier you know totally so like, or, or think hell? about like yeah well kiss me kiss me kiss me why can't i be you yeah into disintegration like yeah. totally different <laughs> yeah. 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 and even like the color palettes on the album covers are so diff totally yeah different. And you know we, and, we did an episode about that yeah yeah, and that yeah. I think that's amazing, and and for us being in the Aquabats, with me being the Aquabats, that's something that obviously I respect, and we try to do to a certain extent is to try to be different every time, and not and not and mix it up, and and, and um, not just be like, oh, the Aquabats, you can put them in a box. They're a ska band, and they're like this. But no, if you take a good listen, like our records are all pretty different. Like they don't they don't all sound the same, and. You know, a lot of that comes from influences from bands like The Cure that mix it. They mix it up so well, yeah. you know, but yeah. clearly Robert Smith is like way better songwriter than me. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll stick to my kids jingles uh, for uh, yoga. 
songs. So I, I think I'm better than, at that than I am at writing real songs. But <laughs> hey, it. it's real music. We got we, yeah. we got a lo- we got a lot of good dancing out of out of those songs on Yo Gabba Gabba and and, and Aquabats. So. Party in my tummy, all you so, can. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So now you, I've I gave uh one of your episodes a listen of your uh your podcast uh world's best dad right yes yeah yeah yeah. okay i listened to the episode uh the last one with the tattoo artist i can't remember his name oh tim hendrix yes that's it yeah yeah um so gavin's dad i'm a dad you're a dad um what have you brought the cure into your family at all and how have they responded to it at all? For sure. And, and, you know, it's funny cause my younger kids, and I, I think that's just, again, like a testimony to the cure that you, until you have feelings like deeper feelings, the cure isn't going to resonate with you as well, unless you're like love cats. So that's a funny song. Yeah. But, yeah. But you're not going to really catch the, the nuance of just like heaven or in between days or some of those melancholy songs or even the deeper, darker ones, you're not going to catch them unless you have some feelings, you have some heartbreak, you have some disappointment. So my two older kids, um, my daughter's 21 and my, my oldest son is 19. They love the cure. And we, I brought them into the cure and we'll, I'll play uh, songs on the acoustic guitar and my daughter and I will harmonize like, just like heaven or in between day, we'll, we'll play songs, you know, together. And it's fun. And it, and and I think they dig it. They, they really like the cure because again, it it feels like there's a maturity to a lot of the cure songs that they really don't turn on until you have gone through some of that heartache and heartbreak, loneliness and, Right. A lot of that stuff doesn't start happening until junior high school. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and nowadays, and nowadays, I feel like it's it's pushing even further. Like, uh, yeah. th- there's kind of like with phones and stuff. It feels like there's a bit. Kids are getting all kinds of knowledge from all you know information, and but they're not actually going out and like connecting with people, which I've yeah. noticed with my kids. Like when I was in sixth and seventh grade you know i was involved in doing things i probably should have never been doing no yeah yeah you were i was around things and there just wasn't those kind of like distractions with video games and phones and 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 like this kind of society's pressure to just keep you in one place i mean you had to go out and find things we had to find records we had to find record stores and we we, you, you had to you had to find people like you, you know, where's someone that's let's like me and yeah. you had to find them. And nowadays it's real easy. You could just text your friends or whatever. So I feel like yeah. kids are a little bit delayed in their maturity. It feels like socially, at least with my kids and their friends, you know, they'll yeah. maybe get together and come over and sing show tunes or something. <laughs> and they're, these are like seniors <laughs> in high schools, you know, it's like, what? This is weird. <laughs> you know, but on the, on the other hand, I'm glad they're not like out doing drugs yeah, or like getting, yeah. getting in gang wars or like you know entertaining themselves by you know b- making weapons and throwing them at people or sure. you know I'm, I'm glad. 
Yeah, I'm glad that's not happening. And even on the cure <laughs> level, it's good that they're not totally getting disintegration, you know, at the age of, <laughs> if you understand it at like age 12, that's probably not a good thing, you know? So. That's right. That's right. That's right. Like, yeah. This record hit yeah, so disin- hard. Disintegration <laughs> came out when I was like a senior or a, a junior in high school. And it was like right at that time, like, you know, yeah. I was dating a girl like pretty solidly at that time. And so, but I had a, my, one of my best friends, the creator of Yo Gabba Gabba, the co-creator, my best friend Scott. Um, he he had broken up with a girl, and was I was all about disintegration. Yeah. He was that was like he was all about that record. I remember we played it a lot in his car, and yeah. he would get bummed out. You know? yeah. I think every breakup I've had, it was there. You know, it's like oh, yeah. here we go. <laughs> our but. our my roommate. Uh, when I started the Aquabats, Crash, he's the bass player, you know, Chad Crash. Yeah. Um, we he had another roommate before me, and he said he would just come turn on the TV with the blue, the blue screen, you know, and he would just he would just drink Nyquil and listen to disintegration and watch the blue, <laughs> the blue screen. There you go. <laughs> <The static>. yeah. <laughs> and he would come in and check on him to see if his heart was still beating. <laughs> yep. so, that, that's a funny oh, man. That, that is great. Oh, oh man. <laughs> dive a little too deep in. Yeah. Same deep yeah. water as you. <laughs> yeah. Man. Well, the cure is medicine, so it yeah, is, it is yeah, whatever gets literally and figurative. <laughs> totally. I, I sat on my hammock in the middle of a rainstorm and listened to Disintegration like a couple of like two, three years ago. Man. My wife and I were having an argument, and I just went outside, put my earbuds in, put my hoodie on, and just sat in the rain yeah. for like a half hour. <laughs> and it was like, oh. And it's funny because it, you know, bummed. It kind of, it, it kind of made you feel better, right? I mean, it, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. So, therapeutic. It's, it's therapeutic because it is so dark. It kind of brings you up out of it. And so it's just like, well, that sounded cool. So yeah. I don't feel that bad anymore. <laughs> <I don't. laughs> right? Yeah. Then you put on "Why Can't I Be You" and uh, yeah, everything's good. That <laughs> just drags yeah, my, me down. My son loves. We love Lullaby and. Um, Obviously, that's oh, yeah. a great song too. And we we watched the video together, my my oldest son, and he was like, "This is amazing, Dad." So um, it was 2019. Um, there's a, there's people online that make awesome action figures. They're like one off, you know, custom figures. Yeah. And um, some guy he made uh, Robert Smith action figures, but they were the lullaby figures. I don't know if oh, you've wow. seen those. Whoa! Uh, no, but, uh, no. I got my son one for for Christmas, and he was so stoked. He was oh, like, man. "They're like full on awesome. teased out hair, and then like pajamas." <laughs> right. And it's so I'll, I'll I'll send you a picture of it so you guys can. Awesome. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. That's rad. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. That'd be cool. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's pretty cool. I'll, I'll show it yeah, to you. No, so. I don't think I've seen those. Have you, Chaz? Yeah. I'm yeah. S- no, I haven't. I'm still trying to track down the Garbage Pail Kid uh, cards that he did for The Cure a couple oh, of years yeah? ago. That'd be cool. Yeah. So. <laughs> nice. There's also that, like, uh, the movie Cobra from the 80s with, uh, like, uh, yeah. Sylvester yeah. Stallone. They, they like, yeah. Photoshop yeah. Robert Smith's face yeah. on that. That's funny, too. <laughs> Awesome. He's the cure, you know. Yeah, yeah. Prime, Prime is the disease, and Here's the this cure. is the cure. Yeah. <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> anyway, funny uh, joke, Gavin. Uh, 
Yes. Are you? Uh, how are you with questions? Is, I know that you had some other questions that you had to ask. Um, you know, I, I I just couldn't let you go without uh, asking you a quick version of uh, your experiences on Gleaming the Cube. I found out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, was, uh, one of my childhood favorite movies, and uh, so yeah, I, I just uh, wondered uh, if you had any uh, just all around good experience or what was that like? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, obviously I, I was real into skateboarding in the eighties and I was super into all the bones brigade videos. And, mm. um, my, my agent said, Hey, I heard, you know, I know you can skateboard. There's this, there's this movie they're making and would you like to go try out for it? And I'm like, of course. And, and, um, when I went onto the audition that, that my agent told me to take, take your skateboard with you, you know? And, and, and I was kind of like thinking like, that's kind of what like poser actors do is like, they, they take <laughs> a prop with them or they, right. you know, they're trying, they're trying out for a lumberjack. So they dress like a lumberjack <laughs> in the park, you know? Like, yeah. And uh, so, I, so I left my skateboard in the car and then when I went in on the audition, um, I got in the room and Stacy Peralta was in there and, Oh, you shit. Know, the, the guy <laughs> behind the Bones Brigade. And, yeah. and I was like, whoa, Stacy. And he's like, oh, you know who I am? I'm like, yeah, man, what's up? And and um, we got talking and uh, I read for the part. And and um, he said right afterwards, he's man, he is Christian. I, I, you're really cool, man. That's that's awesome. And you've been skating. And he was like, what do you like to skate? And I was like, I like cools. So anyway, long story short, he told me right on the spot that I was too young for the for the part. He's like, we're looking for someone a little older, and I was like, Stacy, no, man, like, <laughs> no. In in all the skate crews, there's always a little grommet. There's always the young guy. There's always yeah. the, like, there's always the kid. And he started laughing. He's like, you're right, that's true. And I'm like, I'm perfect for that. I'm perfect. And he was, he started laughing. He's like, okay, well, I'll think about it. And so then, you know, I went home, and I think he called. Like, my agent called a couple hours later and said, you got the part. And, I was so stoked. I mean, I, that was like, that was the dream come true right there. Cause uh. that's all I wanted to do with skateboard. I didn't want to go to school obviously, but <laughs> I was so into skating at the time. And, um, yeah, it was Tony Hawk and Tony yeah, Guerrero. Like and, the whole crew there. Yeah. So, you're yeah and, and, and Stacy was the second unit director and he would bring Lance mountain in and Nottis came down all the time cause he was friends with, with uh, Tommy Guerrero and Max, the other actor who could skate on the show was um, Max Perlick. He was really good friends with Christian Asoy. So Christian Asoy was always on set and it was, it was crazy. It was really fun. But um, yeah, I, I, that ruined my career in school because I, I I had bad grades and if you have bad grades, you can't get a work permit. So I went, I went and took the special test, like a a proficiency test that basically exempted me from having grades, which also in essence made, made it so I didn't have to go to school so that I could work, you know, so that, because I, the special circumstance, you know, you pay the right people and you take the right (laughs) test. Yeah. That was super easy. And it's like, anyway, I, 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 I dropped out of school for like eight weeks and and did uh gleaming the cube down in orange county and um it, it definitely ruined my school career because i didn't want to go back to school after that because yeah, just you know, hanging out with all those guys and <laughs> and afterwards you know tony hawk's like come down stay at my house and just got to be friends with those guys and it was really cool because be, being with those guys 
I was nowhere near their level skate skate wise, but to them that wasn't important. It was just being a cool person and just being nice and being a, a good person. That that didn't as long as you liked skating, it didn't matter if you could yeah. ollie as high as them or do a McTwist. It didn't really matter. Just be just be cool. And so it was fun. We had a lot of fun together, and yeah. I learned I learned a lot about you know being a, a young independent person too in business because those guys were all like young guys but yeah. they were thinking about business so even at young yeah. at a young age because yeah. they kind of had to you know so yeah. and that was cool that was a lot of fun everything you know like i'm still wearing the mcgill shirt you know and so, oh yeah i, know, I noticed that <laughs> but uh yeah i mean yeah. I, I, you designed some decks did i see like for jason lee yeah so i worked i after that like i lived in orange county and um through Ge- gleaming the cube got to be friends with a lot of skaters obviously and uh-huh met um mark gonzalez and neil blender who lived pretty close to where i lived and and then uh, right around that time jason lee was moving in with mark gonzalez and mark was still on vision at the time and um mark was amazing we just go down to his house at like 10 o'clock at night and we'd stay up all night and skate and then go to sleep at like you know 10 o'clock in the morning and sleep all day and skate Uh just yeah awesome fun times so when when jason and mark started blind skateboards jason asked if i would do um some graphics for him and i ended up doing a couple boards for jason i ended up doing a board for steve barra which was i did a painting and for tony hawk and they gave it to tony hawk um actually sold it to him but (laughs) which i feel bad about (laughs) he was like i like that painting i was like i'll sell it to you (laughs) but he looked at me like dude Really? <laughs> I'm Tony Hawk. Just give me the book. Like, give me the painting. Like, I should have. I've always been guilty about that. Yeah. But anyway, that became a Steve Barra board, and I've done some other graphics too. And but yeah, that was a lot of fun and uh, yeah. hanging out with Jason and Mark, and you know, introducing Jason to some acting uh, agents and friends, and then again, yeah. of course, yeah. his career took off, and it's been fun to see all that stuff. Yeah, it's weird. But... As weird as it is, you know. <laughs> awesome. We saw Tony Hawk do that uh, um, Friday Man Love cover. Yeah, see, it does Mask Singer. Singer. Yeah, that, was, that was a big yeah, surprise. Uh... On Mask Singer, yeah. I lo- I, yeah. I'm going to have to razz him about that a little bit because uh, <laughs> he also did the English accent with it too, like Friday yeah. on Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. He was, he was going for it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Even, I'm glad he yeah. picked that song. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah but yeah tony was always a big cure fan too it's funny like the stuff that tony liked and the stuff that he didn't like yeah um like i liked echo and the bunny men a lot too like obviously i was a big echo and the bunny men fan and and um they did the cover of the doors song so i was like into the doors as well and tony Hawk mm-hmm. song, he's the wreck on me for liking the doors uh. and i'm like <laughs> he's like i can't stand the doors i'm like why he's like they have an organ. It's like going to church listening to their music. <laughs> like, huh? I, I guess you're right. And like so every time I hear the doors, now when I hear the. Yeah. I, think, I think of Tony Hawk wrecking on me for liking the doors. So. Well, it's been great talking to you guys. I should probably. Yes, go. thank, thank you very much. We appreciate it. Um, I was going to ask you one more thing, and I can't remember it. Guess it wasn't that important. Yeah, no. I don't know, Gavin. You have no, I'm good, man. I just really, really appreciate you hanging out and talking with us tonight and uh, getting to hear all your stories. It's uh, you're an amazing man. So thank you. Very oh, much. Well, yeah, well, again, like I'll, I'll introduce you to Otis, and and hopefully he'll come on. He has a lot of really cool like rock stories and cure stories, and 
and he, he he could answer a lot of like kind of deep cuts questions and stuff about that because he he knows those guys really well so awesome. I, unfortunately i haven't met them yet but yeah. you know again it's, it's... if we can get yo gabba gabba back we'll, we'll we'll mark my words we'll get the cure on there so one way or another yeah, it seems like another. a match made in heaven so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, just like him once, yes, yes. <laughs> once the pandemic's over and you guys are on tour again hopefully you'll come around through philadelphia yeah um, for sure and hopefully we can yeah. take the, the aquabats tribute to the cure out on the road here one of these yeah, days. Cool. i would i would absolutely love that gavin and gavin and i would might have to get together and uh meet up in like dc or something yeah yeah even we'll if we did that. like you know um boston new york and philly like just did like yeah. three shows or just like an east coast yeah. run of that it would be it would be a lot of fun it would be a lot of fun so mm. we'd, we'd be part of the traveling caravan Total. Yes, <laughs> like following you down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, you can. You guys can. We'll, we'll we'll have you guys be roadies. Yeah. <laughs> come come help us with the gear. Yeah. I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> That's okay. Neither do we. <laughs> awesome, well, thank man. you very much. We really really appreciate it. This has been an honor. Totally. Um, hey, and, thanks, guys. Uh, and yeah. you guys make cool stuff too. So I'm gonna hit you up about. Thank you. Oh, thanks, man. Well, good. Great to meet you guys. Nice to meet Great you. to meet you too. All right. and we'll talk Thank soon. you very much. Take it easy. Thank you. All right, guys. Good night. See right. ya. Bye bye. Bye. gigantic thank you to christian jacobs for taking the time to talk cure with us what a treat it was having you on the show and a special thanks to Chaz too for reaching out to christian and making this happen so thanks guys and um if you want to be up to date on all the latest and greatest with the aquabats i recommend going to theaquabats.com where you can find their latest album kooky spooky in stereo which is out now and uh, also live shows when those resume. And find their Instagram and Twitter as well as The Super Show where you can watch full episodes of The Super Show and find the links to order the complete seasons. So I also recommend you go on over to YouTube after that and you check out some of these uh, Aquabats Cure Tribute clips that we were talking about. I'm not sure there's any full shows up there, but um, lots of just uh, audience shot footage of them doing the cure as we were talking about. So don't miss out. Go find them on YouTube. While you're at YouTube, you can watch Gleam in the Cube too. It's on there and it's full. If we got you pumped with all our old school skate talk, uh, go watch Gleam in the Cube. That's a hard one to find on DVD. DVD, so this might be your best shot, kids. Christian also has a great podcast that I've been really digging. I'm about five episodes in and really enjoying it. So uh, go check out his podcast, World's Best Dad. Um, I think you can find that anywhere where you stream your podcast. Definitely on Apple there. So um, it's, a, it's a real cool podcast where just lots of great banter and sto- storytelling. And they have great guests on there. So go check that out. Thank you again, Christian. And um, now we got to give a big old shout out to my Patreon folk out there. I hope they're all doing good. And um, thanks so much, as always, Craig, Donna, Jeff, Jeff, Matt, Lisa, Kate, Claire, our two international Patreon subscribers, Lisa and Claire. 
Uh, apologies again that I couldn't get a mix CD out to you guys. The international shipping rates just seemed ridiculous for a CDR, so I'm so sorry. Um, I hope you were able to get the digital download version safely, and um, I'll, I'll try to think of other ways to hook you up along the way here. But uh, appreciate you being kind about it. And everybody else out there, I hope you got your mix CDs by now. Everyone should have one. If you got it and it was broken too, please don't hesitate to let me know. I'll send you another one. I'll send them really on the cheap. Just stick them in an envelope. So uh, if it was broken, no worries. I'll send you another. Please let me know. And on top of that, be sure to check out Kate's website, curethreads.com. I have a feeling most of you are already familiar with this site, but just in case your mind is going to be blown, go see uh, this website, curethreads.com. You know, a lot of those cool shirts that Robert wore back in the day, like that wacky-ass um, Love Cats shirt, the long sleeve or sweatshirt, it almost looked like at times. Well, you can get it in all of those at curethreads.com. She's recreated that wonderful print with the little cats and the circles and everything on there. And uh, you know that that Team Cure jersey that Robert wore in the mid-80s? Well, she's got that over there, too. And uh, the Fuchsia shirt, go check that out. So all of that is at curethreads.com. And the rest of you guys curious, go check out patreon.com slash podcast and become part of the action. We're dropping little mini episodes in there too. So a little, little holy half hours we've been calling them. So just anytime a random thought comes up, we'll uh, throw it out there. At least a few a month or one a month. We'll see how it goes. But just a little few extra nuggets and uh, hopefully making it fun. Be sure on top of all that business to check out the, the regulars, the Facebook page, the Instagram page, and my email, gavinconnor at gmail.com. 17secondshirts.bigcartel.com is where you'll find Chaz's latest and greatest cure designs. He'll have you looking real good. If that long address didn't stick in your head, be sure to just go find him on Instagram, 17 underscore seconds. And uh, you'll see what he's got stewing for you guys. All right, we got an awesome episode on the horizon. We're getting our old buddy Coulter back on the show to play a bit of a uh, a game, dare I say. So uh, stay tuned. Lots of cool stuff on the horizon. The calendar's packed. Faith is about to have a 40th birthday. Oh, my God. So until then, take care out there. Thanks again, Christian Jacobs, Chaz. You guys are lovely, and uh, we'll catch you soon. Mm-hmm.